Hey, 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 welcome to Dana Talks, Daniel's educational podcast. My name is Christian Chungu, and I'm very grateful to be your host for this podcast that will hopefully bring tutors and students closer together as we explore new learning practices and discuss important topics that concern students, tutors, and mentors the most. On this week's episode, I have chosen a very, very special guest. Please welcome Anukriti Kothari on the show. Hi everyone! Thank you so much for having me here, Christian. It's it's a it's a pleasure, Anukriti. So I'll give a little bit of background on how I met her. So we've actually been in contact through LinkedIn, um, which has been a great platform for us. Uh, we both have initiatives that we have been promoting on this platform, and it seems like we have met each other through comments on other people's posts and uh, so on. So I will start with the first point. Anouk, how would you describe yourself to someone on the campus in three to five minutes? Yeah, so I think I'll just begin off with uh, my name is Anukriti, and I usually just prefer to go by Anu just because it's shorter and easier to say. I said Anouk. Um, Ah, it's totally new. fine. I get that all the time. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so I'm entering my final year of VBA at Schulich School of Business, and I'm specializing in both accounting and operations management. So it is a little bit of a load, but it's fun at the same time. Right. Um, and I guess in terms of career, I am going towards getting my CPA designation. And what that means is really exploring those opportunities and seeing what the world has out there for me. Um, and I guess in terms of what Diana talks is about, I'll speak about um, my education in just the Toronto system. So I've gone from elementary all the way up to uni right now, and uh, we can speak more about that later on, I guess. Yeah, sure. So um, it, it will be lovely to for sure end, uh, you know, your this episode with a small chat on, you know, the future of education, uh, what it does it mean to you. Uh, what was your your education experience like and any advice you would have for uh, people that are younger than you? Yeah, that could be an interesting uh, closing. Um, so thank you so much for introducing yourself. The next point I want to make with you and actually explore with you further is I saw on your LinkedIn profile that you've had uh, some coaching experience with elementary kids and you have actually talked to me about that. So what brought you into this? Um, did a friend bring you into this? Uh, was it something from your inner core that told you like, hey, let's, let's help those kids? So what was it? Yeah, so I actually really love just working with kids. And I really love that whole aspect of mentoring, coaching, mm-hmm. and helping another person out, really. Um, I started off kind of working with kids way back in, I think, the grade nine when, you know, you had to get those volunteer hours in. Um, So I started volunteering at Toronto Library. Uh Um, Yeah, so that's when it started off. But uh, what you're speaking about is more of a recent experience. So I joined in with uh, Future Possibilities for Kids. That's the name of the organization. And my position there uh, as a volunteer is kid coach. And just like you said, I kind of work with elementary kids who are aged about nine to 12. And what it's about is just kind of helping them become those leaders in their community and making them feel like they can make an impact and they can make a difference. Yeah. You know, their age is not a barrier. 
Uh -huh. um, and all I do is really just mentor them, support them, encourage them to find those opportunities. And it's okay if there's nothing out there, like you can always make an opportunity for yourself. Um, and just to go back to what your question was, how I got started off there. Yeah. Um, I met someone at a networking event and they told me that they loved doing this. And I was like, Hey, let me check it out. Cause it just, you know, just aligns so well with what I've been doing. Yeah. And here I am today, just loving the program. So you're still part of it. Yeah. So it's been a year. Um, I started last year and I don't think I can let go of it so easily. <laughs> What do you mean? Is it something like, do students get attached to you? Um, so I guess I can tell you how it works. Um, okay, as sure. a kid coach, I'm only with one student. So mm -hmm. I'm just every single week, I have weekly calls with them. And uh, we have kind of a session planned, but it can deviate from them uh, for whatever they want to talk about, you know, what they did in school or what they have planned for sure. how to make a difference in the community. Um, and yeah, so the whole year, I'm just kind of having that conversation with that kid and building that bond. And at the end of the program, which is at the end of the year, we kind of disconnect, but that, you know, and then I get another kid for the next year. And so making my way, you know, helping kids along the process. I see. And, and was it like, did you have any expectations and like, did you see how it really was? And did you like... Did you see any contrast between your expectations and what it actually consisted in? Um, so initially mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be a lot about like me leading the program since I okay. am, I guess, the older person in the conversation, right? Me versus a kid. So I thought I would be the one leading the conversation and, yeah. um, you know, the person, I guess, in charge, quote unquote. Um, but what it turned out to be was it, it's actually very much a kid-led program. So it's up to the kid to decide what they want to do for the community, whether it be something like just making posters and raising awareness about, I don't know, like smoking or Fair. actually, you know, start a clothes drive and um, collect those items and then donate it to charities. So it's up to the kid. And as for my part, as just kind of encouraging them and telling them that they don't have that barriers that sometimes are instilled in their heads just because thinking of, you know, I'm only nine years old, what can I possibly do? So yeah. that was a big thing. Like I expected something else and it came out to be something completely different. And I'm really happy actually about that, that it was not what my expectation was because it's a very unique program. Right. And I guess what have they uh, went on to, to, to build on their own? Like, cause I'm assuming this mentorship program sets the a foundation for, I guess, a project that they may have been doing later on or like how has has it inspired uh, your students yeah so actually they don't have to been doing anything like okay. you can enter the program um there are certain schools that are kind of paired up with future possibilities for kids and those mm -hmm. kids enter those program um it's through the program that i get to speak to the, to the kid and i hear that you know, what things they're interested in, what things they're passionate about, and something that they want to change in their community. And that's how the conversation gets started that, okay, so yeah. you want to change this in your community. Um, who's to say that you can't be the person to change that in your community. And uh, once that conversation kind of develops, and mm -hmm. keep in mind, it's like over a year, right, the person that kid is not making a difference in just a week or a day, it's uh, kind of a process. And yeah, um, as our conversation goes on and on, we kind of develop a plan together of how to make that difference in their community. 
Um, of course, this year was very different for me also because of COVID-19. So okay, all so the projects that the kids had going on really kind of had a break or uh, actually got them to pivot. So it was another like kind of another level up. You know, you had to face these extra challenges. Um, yep. So that was also very cool. Okay, I see. So, I mean, it, there's a parallel to draw between mentorship and tutoring, actually, which is pretty interesting. Uh, I've had a couple of tutoring positions in the past. And what I've noticed is when I was going into these positions, I would often think that, you know, I'm the one that's the authority figure. I'm the one that knows the background, knows the material, uh, knows the learning techniques. So I don't be like, okay, well, he's going to listen to me and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give him whatever he needs, uh, whatever I feel like he needs actually. And I realized that it doesn't work because uh, at the end of the day, like I'm not trying to help myself. I'm trying to help him. And he may not understand the vocabulary that I might be using. He may not understand like uh, the purpose behind like some homework that I might be giving him, you know, like, yeah, it's just, you, you really have to be about the person who you're serving because otherwise it'll create a weird dynamic. It'll create like, uh, I think a dynamic that's less meaningful and that's less uh, constructive to with respect to the to the students you know objectives um i think i, I think it's a, it's a challenge right i think the reason why we we tend to do this is because you know the ego interferes and it's like well wait are you saying that like my technique does not suit you how, how dare you i'm the one you know that that is able to help you like why do you dare insult me but i think you have to distance yourself and you know assess that there's different perspectives you know uh there's different learning challenges, right? You, you may be gifted as a tutor to have gained some expertise regarding a certain subject, but don't put that onto your kids, uh, onto, onto the, your customers and in general, right? Same thing for mentorship. Yeah, what you described. Yeah, exactly. And I think a big part of um, just this program was that it was so hard holding back giving those answers because you know a lot of the times I know what the next step would be to get you know to get to that goal of building that close drive but the main part of mentoring and I think you've already mentioned it is kind of letting the other person the kid or whoever else you're mentoring or coaching to go through that process mm -hmm. and kind of come to that point or come to that answer on their own and it's really difficult on us kind of to see them struggling through it because you really want to tell them the answer yeah <laughs> i think that's what makes you know mentoring that much more important it's the process yeah yeah um i remember like i mean this this isn't really related to mentorship but i remember that uh i had a kid who turned out to have been diagnosed with adhd and at the time, yeah, at the time I was not equipped with the proper tools or like, you know, techniques to recognize such okay. uh, learning difficulties, right? And uh, I mean, I felt awkward <laughs> because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm taking like their parents' money and I don't see any progress. I felt guilty, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it was it was really a big dilemma for me. Because at the end of the day, I was like, okay, do I respect what the parents want? Or do I just tell them what I feel like, because in my gut, I was feeling that like, he was not listening, you know, that he was not paying attention. He like, at some point, he just like, started looking out the window and looking for birds. And I was like, okay, I love birds too. But at a later time. <laughs> 
yeah, all that to say that, um, yeah, it's about the kids. And I guess one last question before we move on to the, the other point is, um, what would you recommend? Like if you went, if you would recommend uh, mentoring to kids in elementary, what would you say? Like, how would you convince them to, to, to uh, consider that uh, alternative, you know, to help them? Right. So I think uh, some part of what your question is kind of indicating is that it's easier to mentor like older people because they want to get mentored or they kind of exactly have that. Right. But for elementary kids, it's just hard, first of all, because they don't know what they can possibly do uh, just because a lot of the people are telling them or maybe they're seeing this, that they're too young to, to accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. um, but that's definitely not the case. And I think our first session or my first session with uh, the kid was that we went over some people like Malala UFSI or um, others wow. that were very young and they made a difference and an impact in the world or in the community that they are in. So that was kind of the first way to get my kid to understand that age is just a number and it, you don't have to be someone older to have lots of resources available to you. Mm -hmm. um, you can make that difference in the community you're living at, in your family, anywhere, if you just want to do it. And I'm here to support you. I'm here to motivate you. So to get that kid at elementary levels and the, into the, I guess, the mindset of getting mentored is just kind of to let them know that they can do something if they really want to and there's nothing holding them back. Right. You, you know, you mentioned uh, Malala and yeah. um, there's also a couple of um, young kids that are making an impact, right? Greta mm -hmm. Thunberg. Um, yes. I know that there are some other uh, young activists. I, I don't know their names just because mainstream media doesn't show them. I've just seen Greta in the news <laughs> nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know I've heard of, of um, brilliant young leaders. And I think it's a great it's a great idea uh to to show them these role models these 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 you know because i think they can't relate to you right like mm -hmm. these kids in elementary they're probably like 9 10 11 12 max yep. right mm -hmm. so they can't relate to you because they'll be like okay well you're an adult you know what you're doing nah, nah. so it's actually brilliant to show them like-minded and you know similar people that they can relate to it's like oh well this kid is like just like me but He's like out there in the world, you know, like reaching out to politicians and speaking. And yeah, I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine that as a kid, I would have definitely loved uh, being exposed to to such bright and, and motivated, you know, young, um, young folks like it would have made an impact for sure, because now I realize that really what drives you to to do what you really want to is is the the environment in which you're in right it's like i i was never in an environment where i felt like i belonged in terms of like the ideas i had and the initiatives and the, the impact that i want to make uh in, in my community or uh just in general right because in cjep i had some friends and they, were, they weren't into that uh in high school i had some friends and they weren't into that right uh -huh. so like i would have loved it if, if, you know, if such mentorship program was present around me at such an early age. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just to kind of bounce off yeah. what you said, I think another way would just to kind of give the kid, on, I guess, a way to be listened to. So kids have fabulous ideas, mm-hmm. lots of them too. They're very That's creative. That's true, yeah. So sometimes you just need that person to kind of listen to them and wholeheartedly listen, right? And then kind of go forward with that conversation also. So um, I think that's a whole, also a really big thing, just listening to the kids. Yeah, and that's so true because um, I don't know, like it, it's uh, sometimes I see parents that listen to their kids and like they their, their kids with their cute voices, they say stuff like, hey, dad, how about we build this? Or like, hey, I would love to build this thing. And then the parents like just laugh it up like, haha, of course, kid. But it's like, wait, wait a minute, wait. Like, if you switch up a bit your narrative, you could be instead saying, like, okay, why would you want to do that? Like, did you, have you seen movies? Like, where did you see that guy that is cool and that builds things just like you want to do or like whatever, right? And uh, I think we should take kids more seriously. That's, uh, that's a remark I'm making now, uh, <laughs> thanks to you. Yeah, um, I think when I'm going to be at the stage where I'm, I'll be having kids and hopefully, you know, uh, they turn out to have great ideas like that. Uh, I for sure we'd be listening to them because who knows? Uh, he might be uh, ending up like coding something at the age of nine or <laughs> whatnot, right? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's fascinating, you know, what the what the the right environment and the right education and the right people can uh, can do to um to those kids. Thank you so much for uh, sharing this mentoring experience. Now we'll move on to the third point um, that I wanted to touch on with you, Anu. So it's a big thing for you. It's very personal. Um, I think that COVID played a big role in uh, starting this initiative. So I'll let you talk about students promoting students. Yeah, thank you, Christian. So absolutely. Basically, Students Promoting Students is an initiative I founded myself and like I've been saying so much about how kids should be given that opportunity and even if they don't have the opportunity, help them create it. Um, I myself created an opportunity for myself and for other students in, you know, going through the same things as myself. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is those struggling with uh, finding that full-time job or internship or co-op or just, I know, you know, just kind of trying to stand out, build their personal brand, stuff like that. Um, to start off with, I literally just started posting on LinkedIn. And I think we both have mentioned how much of an impact LinkedIn has a, um, on us. And I started posting about myself and my experiences. And I noticed that a lot of students were kind of reaching out to me and reacting to those posts and relating to that. And I decided, well, if it's so common, why aren't other students also doing it? Why is it only me? Why don't I see others doing it? And I realized that for the most part, um, students feel like they shouldn't be sharing their story because they haven't reached the point where they have something to tell. And they're not that, you know, decorated professional with years of experience or a big name of like big company name or, you know, amazing degree in their hand. Um, So that's, I think that's what I found was the biggest reason that students were holding back. And um, when I started posting, I realized that, wow, like, you know, there's so many people out there that are in the same boat as I am. And so after I started posting about myself, I realized this and I started the Students Promoting Students Initiative, where I actually uh, connected with these students who had been commenting or liking my posts. And 
from there, uh, developing those kind of connections and those relationships with them, I learned even more about them, learned more about what the scenario is, what their anxieties are, what their struggles are. And, you know, it's not only me, there's a whole big kind of cohort of them. There and, is, yeah. Yeah. And so from there, I kind of went up and forward with it and planned an event where I had some of my mentors who had helped me reach to the point where I was, speak to these students and, you know, help give them the opportunity to kind of get mentored by them. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be a great event. It was all virtual, of course, uh, given COVID. Yep. Um, and then I had a challenge planned out for them to help them build their personal brand and, you know, do their storytelling and all of that. And um, so far, it's been doing great. I'm really happy that if I can even make a difference in just one other student's life, you know, that's just kind of the biggest hope for myself right now. Right. And, and the help that you offer to, uh, through your initiative, is it uh, in the form of, I mean, you, you obviously mentioned mentoring, mm -hmm. right? Um, like, is it like a volunteering based uh, initiative or, I mean, I'm just asking maybe some people that are listening or will be listening to this, uh, maybe they're interested in like getting to know, okay, is it going to cost me something if I uh, mm -hmm. use this uh, initiative, this platform? <clears throat> yeah, it's actually completely free. I'm doing this completely nonprofit. Uh, I definitely wow. am not a professional myself. Like I'm okay. still figuring things out myself. So yep. um, yeah, I just wanted to give a helping hand to anyone else who's also in the same boat as I am and it's uh, just as simple as that. Just reach out to me. And if I have the time, I definitely will reach out to you or connect you with someone else. Um, and majority of my contacts are business students uh, going towards their CPA. But wow. that's probably because of my network, uh, you know, because I myself am a business student going towards my CPA. But yep. CPA. Yeah, I'm definitely open to like any student, you know, because everyone wants to get a job at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you think that yeah, I mean, was one of the reasons why you uh, started this initiative is to have something like relevant to put on your CV, like, hey, I, like I started this on my own. Um, look, I'm able to manage an initiative and gather people. What was that like one of the drives? To be quite <laughs> honest, no, because okay. I had no idea at all that students will actually want to speak to me. And I think this comes <laughs> down to like the imposter syndrome where like, yep. I thought that you know, I haven't finished my degree yet. I haven't really worked for an impressive company. So I don't have anything that another student would look at and be like, wow, she's amazing. Like, I want to talk to her. Uh -huh. So I just kind of made a post on LinkedIn like I had been doing before about myself anyway. So I thought that it wouldn't be too much different than that. But I, it just blew up. And I had so many people reaching out to me. And I was like, whoa, this is not what was expected. But I'm really happy about it. You know, like, yeah. If so many students are feeling this way, I think I just opened the door and let them kind of get that out of them, like, you know, just give them an opportunity to meet with other people who are also in the same boat. So yeah, I'm happy that mm -hmm. it turned out this way and I'm happy that I can put it on my CV, but that's definitely not the reason it started out. Yeah. It seems like it just came from like, you, you felt like you had like something in, in your gut and you're like, okay, well, there's this thing I'm going to try it out. Right. Mm -hmm. um i think on linkedin you, sh you shouldn't be worried and actually anywhere else on any platform in real life like I, I think that you should not give much value to what you were in the past it's just like okay like how am i right now and and what do i want to be in the future right like 
I mean, obviously learn from the past, you know, your mistakes, whatnot. But I mean, what defines you is what you do now, right? It's like, if someone tells me like what I'm doing now, I'll be like, okay, well, I'm studying, I'm, I'm Miguel and I have a podcast and blah, blah. And uh, I want to do this in the future, you know, because I think the imposter syndrome often comes from like, oh, what will other people think of me? Um, mm-hmm. You know, this guy has known me for five years. And when I was with him, I was doing this and this and that. I was doing silly stuff. So what he's going to think of me now that I'm actually serious and oriented, he's going to be like, oh, he's ditching me and he's actually Mr. Serious. No, no, no. You know, um, I mean, he can talk, right? Like this person can talk. This person can say whatever. But at the end of the day, you, you have a limited amount of energy. And if there's something that, pa- that makes you passionate, just go for it. And yeah, it's like, at one point you got to realize that, you know, you have 24 hours and you can spend your time dwelling on like, oh, who am I becoming? Am I like, am I doing something wrong? Or you can be like, okay, well, my guts tells me this. I want this for myself and I'll do it. And I'll find the people that are like-minded and the people that like actually like, it, it's crazy how you probably met some strangers on LinkedIn that have mm-hmm. given you more value and more meaning to, uh, to your life than some people you've known for like five years, or like those long time. I'm not saying anything against these relationships, but I'm just saying that the value of time means much less than the energy that some people have, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think uh, just <laughs> being open to speaking to someone and wanting to learn from them is probably the best thing anyone can do like that's the best mindset ever um because that's a mindset where you learn the most and you absorb the most um and another point i think about students promoting students is that i focus a lot on peer network and peer mentoring because if you think about it the students today they're all you know job seekers or they're all struggling but five years down the road we're all gonna be at a really good spot in life Um, believe it or not, we're all going to be at a place where, you know, either we might not be completely happy or that might not be the end goal that we had envisioned at one point, Mm -hmm. but we will be somewhere. So some of my connections will be the CEOs, not five years, but, um, you know, down the road. So who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Well, five years is a pretty small one time frame, but um, yeah, like, you know, you know, we're students today, but we're professionals in the making. So tomorrow we'll be business leaders or we'll be um, electrical engineers like yourself. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really important to just to build a network. And also, like, I might have three professionals in my network that have mentored me. You might have another three that have mentored you. So the learnings that you have from them and then the learnings that I have from my professionals, mm-hmm. we can share it within ourselves and you know, learn just from each other without having to speak to those professionals. So there's so much learning that can happen if you kind of open your, I guess, your mind to people who are at the same age as you, because learning doesn't happen from people that are older than you or better experienced. Learning just happens, like I said, from an open mindset. Yeah. And and you mentioned something about like, um, you know, each one will have his own like learning bagage or like mentoring bagage. And it's like, well, I don't care about your title. It's like, okay, you may be like a marketing consultant expert, but you're, you're, you're human in its essence. Right. So, so like, mm-hmm. yeah, I might have the title of like 
uh, aspiring engineer on my LinkedIn profile, but that does not mean that I can I can't relate to the challenges that you have in terms of like communication or uh, I don't know like networking, right? Because at the end of the day, like these are people based competencies, and whatever field you're gonna end up working in, you're you're gonna deal with people. And and my parents has always told me like you can be the best in terms of like technical skills in your domain. But if you can't deal with people that don't relate to you, like there's always going to be people that for some reason you just can't relate to or you, you, it doesn't click, right? You have to learn to deal and be at peace with those. You know, it's, it's, you can be the best programmer. You can be the best architect, biomedical scientist, whatever. If you don't know how to say and to communicate your intentions and to communicate your frustrations in a healthy way to your colleagues, it's over. It's, it's like, no, it, it won't be good. Um, yeah. And I think, I think LinkedIn can, can teach you to do that through networking. Like I've, um, you know, this thing with LinkedIn actually started this year uh, when it comes to me. At first, I was so shy. I was like, okay, well, LinkedIn is just for jobs. It's like, okay, I'm just going to post my CVs on there, you know? And, and I, kept, I kept looking at like those, um, those like uh, gurus, those like uh, LinkedIn gurus, you know, like there's a couple of accounts, right? Um, and, and I was like, oh, this guy is so eloquent. And like, mm, he writes stuff that has value. Wow. And, and I was looking, I was like, wait, are these guys like, like uh, recruiters? Like, what are they? Like, are, is it like an influencer thing, LinkedIn? And then, and then uh, I had my internship uh, in digital marketing, actually. And my boss happened to be on LinkedIn and he was hitting out, hitting up people, uh, asking them to be part of like his movement at his startup. Um, it's a, like an educational startup called Co-Teacher. And uh, yeah, I was like, wait, okay. It's like you, it's not really business related because he was posting stuff about like racial inequality, you know, like trending issues. And I was like, okay, LinkedIn is just a place where where it's a, it's like an environment, a professional environment where you can talk about whatever you want and have an audience that is somewhat respectable, right? Like, you know, people won't trash you on LinkedIn. <laughs> if you, if you post something that does not like agree with their vision, you know, they will be polite. They'll be like, okay, well, Christian, this is a great post, but uh, I think you should like maybe consider this uh, alternative to whatever situation you were facing or, you know, um, uh, I think it allows for a constructive um, communication. Anu and I found that LinkedIn was an unexpected surprise. Um, like, I think when you, when you started putting out posts about your initiative, like you said, you did not expect it. And you probably did not feel like the students commenting and interacting with your posts were genuine, maybe. Like, I, I don't know. Like, how did you feel about this, um, this, like, surprising uh excitement like did you feel it was genuine or was it like oh well it's just like linkedin because it's like a professional platform and people just like whatever <laughs> comes on here <clears throat> no i actually did think it was pretty genuine because mm -hmm. um afterwards i connected with them all um like through a phone call or um whatever worked for them and it was just amazing to hear how much of what i had written or how much of what I kind of experienced with, you know, struggles with finding a job or whatever it was resonated with them also. And I think that was a key point of connecting, just, you know, knowing yeah. that they also felt that. 
Um, and as I said, like I, I've been a huge advocate for peer networking. So this kind of, you know, went hand in hand with that. And those people that connected with me also believed in the same things that I did. So it mm-hmm. was pretty genuine, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been feeling the same, right? Because uh, as we have discussed earlier, you may be aware that like I, I'm starting to to develop a platform for tutors and students uh, so that they can collaborate, connect, and uh, just strive online as best as they, as they can. And at first, I just had the vision with me. I was like, okay, well, I'm just a dude with a vision. And I started, you know, promoting it and being like, okay, well, we're looking for e-learning specialists, blah, blah. I started putting a couple of posts and some people reacted more to some posts. Some people reacted less, but at the end of the day, those who were truly interested, like either message me or comment on my post. And then I was able to engage them privately or even invite them to chats. Um, and it's it's been surprising because like I'm, I'm usually a shy person, you know, like in person, I just don't go out and I'm like, Hey, I'm doing this or like whatever event in person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what LinkedIn is good at is, you know, highlighting, highlighting what people have been doing, you know, so I can just go on a profile and be like, okay, well, this guy's done this, this, Oh, we have something in common. You know, it, it's great. Um, usually in real life, you can do that and be like, Hey, I know you've done this in the past. You were a tutor. How is, how was it? You know, <laughs> you, you don't know. You have to like break the ice or, uh, right. yeah. So I think LinkedIn facilitates a connection for sure. Yep. It's definitely uh, a great platform. Yeah. And we'll be on there. We'll be on there. We won't be leaving. <laughs> we'll be promoting more and more and uh, stay tuned to whoever is listening and is on LinkedIn. Um, so we're going to move on to the second to last point that I wanted to make with you today, Anu. So you're currently studying accountancy, right? But in our previous chat, you mentioned that you've had, you, you've been having a keen interest in IT as well, right? Software, the applications of software to accountancy. So how do you see that playing out in the future, in your future position? Do you think that will give you a competitive edge? Um, what are your thoughts on this skill set that you're trying to develop? Yeah, so I am really interested in accounting, but I'm also, mm-hmm. like I said, with my CPA, really interested in exploring the opportunities that will come with it. So for one thing, I think um, there's so many careers in accounting or in business itself that has a very good combination between IT and I guess business like for example there's something called IT audit right that's just like a perfect merge between the two Uh there's forensic accounting um there's also auditing where there is you know you don't deal with too many numbers it's just operational based so there's just so much out there that I'm just starting to discover myself and I guess this is the one thing I I can kind of mention in terms of like learning education wise that if at an early age, we kind of get exposed to the different types of roles and different types of careers that are there, it kind of would help us think beforehand than afterhand or after the fact. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess you're talking about um, how it will help me in the future with my, the skill set. 
yeah like so, what do you want to do like like is it you have something in the back of your mind when you when you're when you're planning of exploring this field further <clears throat> yeah so i guess in school i really haven't learned so much about um however many opportunities there are with combining it and audit together i do yeah. know there is that kind of space there but i'm still learning more and more about it mm-hmm. um i do love kind of merging you know python or an excel together so that's yeah. something i'm very interested in and coming to the future of accounting i definitely am not a professional and haven't had that much experience to say much about it but i do know that in itself it's in a pivotal stage so we are kind of looking for more techniques that where you can gather more and more data together summarize it mm-hmm. come you know make come up with solutions or summaries much more faster right. so that's probably all i can say about the future of what accounting or what the skill set would take me because i myself am pretty much figuring it out okay i mean that's fair right i think unless uh, i mean uh, until you you graduate or you have your first professional job you don't really grasp like how your skill set will will benefit like uh, an organization or whatever even even through an internship you can like have maybe a glimpse you know into like oh okay this is this is how i can benefit uh such organization type or mm-hmm. whatever right um but i think it's once you spend like one or two years and you see like maybe the business evolving and you kind of understand like oh, okay so i'm a permanent type of guy not like a you know like oh well we need him like when shit goes south and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know like uh, yeah um these are things that you figure out uh at a certain place and time um i guess another question that i would have for you is like do you see yourself cuz i know account- accounting is needed by pretty much every organization uh, mm-hmm. regardless of their domain so do you see yourself working at a uh, like a uh, specific type of accounting firm or maybe like working for i don't know like a startup uh what's what's your like your dream job um <laughs> job i think that's a very kind of heavy thing to well i mean i would just say that there's yeah. been a lot of there's lots of jobs out there for accounting right and okay. for yeah. cpa you need to get those practical experience hours in and usually a lot of the people take the route of going for accounting firms may that be the big four or mid-sized accounting firms or smaller firms Fair. um for myself i i think that any route is beneficial is just whatever works the best for you as a person do you like having that client aspect or do you like having um a closer knit team where you work in you know internal audit function or you mm-hmm. go through rotations um so it's definitely just up to your personality uh for myself i think of i'm really as i said really looking forward to learning and exploring this opportunity so for myself a rotational program is very enticing um and lots of firms oh, offer right. that yeah so you can go from audit to finance to whatever else and you know you have that ability right out of graduation to explore three i guess careers in one go and then choose after the fact where you want to end up you know that's very interesting uh, new that you mentioned these rotational programs because i don't think they apply only to accounting um there is a connection of mine on linkedin uh, mm-hmm. that i've met through cutc 
which is the Canadian Undergraduate uh, Tech Conference. Okay. Uh, it was early in June. Mm-hmm. And um, she went through a Scotiabank rotational program in software development. And she, she took on the role of like software engineer, uh, quality assurance uh, manager or like assistant manager. And then she, I think she did something related to cloud operations or something like that. And she did that all in one year. And it's actually sponsored by, I think, Waterloo, which is her, her university. And I found that brilliant because I was like, wait, do you need to pay a fee to have such cool programs? Like here at McGill, first of all, you don't even have a co-op program. It's like, if you want to do an internship, you can do it. But like, we're just going to throw a bunch of resources at you and you figure out how they can help you. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Uh, actually, most of the resources are student run. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Shulik does not offer the co-op program either. Oh, okay. It's so it's kind of the same. Like you find your internship based on yourself and the rotational programs, they're not um, sponsored by mm. Shulik. It's just kind of companies that offer them. So like you said, Scotiabank, there's TD, there's Sun Life Financial and RBC, like many companies that have these CP rotational programs. And um, I think what's amazing is that you really get to kind of see different, you, you get to put your shoe, your feet in shoes of like, you know, different people and you, yeah. know, you can see how you want to kind of span out your career. Um, not to say that you are stuck there afterwards, there's definitely flexibility. Um, and I think it's a really good thing that we're kind of approaching this rotational program aspect. Um, as I was saying before, like if I had known about um, all the different types of careers that are available just to accounting students, um, I would have kind of maybe prepared myself earlier. So that's something that I really do wish was there at maybe the high school stage or, you know, first yeah. year, second year, maybe. Um, but I'm really happy that even at this point, I have that opportunity to experience different rotations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, in your high school, did you, were you exposed to, let's say, STEM opportunities? Um, like, like, did you only do courses? Did you only like go through your courses or did you have like speakers? Um, some people that introduce you maybe to some fields? Yeah, so um, we actually did have a co-op kind of opportunity in high school. So I took my first accounting co-op in high Ooh. school. And that's where <laughs> I kind of got the taste. And I was like, okay, I kind of do like it. I might want to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, I think it was just clubs. So uh, I was in, in, when you're speaking about STEM, so as I've been saying, like I really do find IT pretty enticing and uh-huh. back in high school, I was in robotics club. Um, and that was very interesting for me and I really loved it. And I, and then I was also in DECA, which is a business club. So at that okay. point I thought I had like a fork where I had to decide between, you know, computer science or IT or business and accounting. And that's where I had to choose between accounting and at that point, had I known that I really, it's not really a one or the other kind of decision, later on, I could have that opportunity of merging the two together. I probably would not have been so stressed at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did have those STEM opportunities and all of that. In terms of speakers coming in, um, I don't really remember speakers coming in to speak at our school, but um, just the clubs, there were just a lot of clubs that we could be taking part take part in and 
explore all the different types of things we kind of enjoyed and teachers were very helpful in that aspect too. That's amazing. Um, I mean, in that case, it means that some teachers were really like great models. Uh, if they, they were able to, to, you know, like maybe give, give you ideas for the future, you know, after, uh, <clears throat> after you graduate from high school, I remember that in my last year, um, most of my teachers were like joking about like, haha, well, you're going to go to CJ, do you know what you're going to do? And, you know, we, we just like stared at each other and be like, uh, yeah, maybe probably. Yeah. Uh, not sure. <laughs> um, like, I think the, the, uh, the biggest project for me, uh, that allowed me to, to gain just a, a bit more than no idea <laughs> about what I would be doing is, uh, my, a personal project. So I was in an IB school and, uh, you had to do that. Every student had to do that as part of, you know, the program. And, I decided to do an ecological house model. Um, I mean, the final product wasn't impressive. Like I got most of my materials from like a, uh, uh, how do you call those like art stores? Like, uh, I'm not sure what kind of art stores you have in Ontario, but here in Quebec, it's called Omer de Serre. It's, it's, a, it's a retailer, just like any other. And uh, yeah, I just build it with like hot glue and whatever sure. I use. Like I just sticked a bunch of uh, fake trees and like whatnot on like a, on the plywood or something like that. And um, it wasn't really the product. I mean, proud. It's more like the, oh, well, okay, I have this idea. Now it's like, I clearly like building stuff. And I was like, right. mm, I would love to be somewhere. I did not care about like the name of the position or like whatever. I was just like, no, I want to build stuff. And I want to mm -hmm. build stuff that, is good for the environment you know like as a kid you say those words and it's like oh that guy's so cute he wants to build <laughs> stuff but the thing is that's what actually matters it's like it's like you know like yeah build stuff for the environment that's it like sometimes the kids have the best answers you yeah. know or our younger selves but we we get so tied up in like those uh those fancy sugar coating words those positions then we forget like the essential um yeah i think i think that when you go back to your younger years you start to realize that like maybe you you're starting to forget the essential you know and like what life is really about and like you know what your job is really about um yeah that's actually a big reason why um i i turned out to love tutoring actually mm -hmm. because because it it, it uh, brings you back to when you had like an innocent mind and you were just full of dreams and you didn't have anything that you felt would hold you back, right? It's like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I think that's also part of why I did uh, mentoring because kids have that curiosity and that's amazing. And mm -hmm. I think as adults, we start just taking things as is and stop asking why. But yeah. uh, that, that curiosity and that mindset is just so important. And if you just continue asking why, there's so many more answers that you could have gotten. Um, and that's something that I've started to incorporate. Actually, I've learned that from my kid. Ah. So the program is not only for kids, it's for the kid coaches also. For bigger kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that's something that you gained, right? It's not like, I guess, like what's required of the program, but something that like you've taken away probably. Like, you know, it's yeah. like your own, your own takeaway. Well, that's, that's amazing, Anu. Uh, 
you know, just just talking like the thing is on 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 this podcast with the other guests, like I I talk about this a lot, you know, about these topics, similar topics as well. And what I want people to really do when they if if they get a chance to listen to one of these episodes is to 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 just sit back, right? Because um I'm gonna just talk about the COVID pandemic a lot because I think it's been huge for both of us. Um I think why, the reason why you started these initiatives is because you just had time to reflect, right? Like, like uh, as uh, young adults and yeah. um, late teenagers, um, we are probably caught up in so many questions on our daily lives that we don't pause. It's like we're always running, our minds are running. Yeah. Um, I think it allows us to sit back, ask ourselves the right questions, notice that you know, we still have great people around us, uh, whether it be our parents or our roommates or our best friends. And yeah, just reconnecting with the essence. Like I've started going out in nature more. And this is actually a pillar of like my mental well-being is like I need to go out in nature once a day. Otherwise, uh, I I won't be functioning well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely started appreciating many more things because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, that that's the... It's a good thing, you know, people, people talk about COVID as being like a year that they should cancel, but I, I know what they, why they say that. I know why they say it. It's because they are not ready to, to face like the hard facts. Maybe it's like, oh, this is a year where expectations, my expectations were shattered and I don't want to deal with that. It's like, I want my life to be run the way I want. I want, no, wait, my travel was canceled. Oh. Oh, okay. Mm, you know, uh, I, oh, I couldn't go to Greece this summer. It's like, okay, you couldn't go to Greece. What op- other options you have? Mm-hmm. Oh, you couldn't go on this uh, summer camp or whatever, this exchange program. Okay, what else can you can do? Um, it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. Look, uh, I've definitely shed a few tears, okay, out of like uh, uh, tirelessness. Or, and uh, But we just got to stick through. That's it. That's it. Yeah, but COVID definitely has uh, had many impacts. And for some people, it's been very hard hitting and it's it's very sad. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, there has to be a way to kind of just come forward and get through it. And just we can just do that just by standing together and helping one another out. Well, actually not standing together, keeping our distance. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, Nice. nice remark. (laughs) Uh, yeah just you know just going together to battle this together yeah yeah i've actually talked with someone recently on linkedin and the first thing she mentioned was like because i think she talked about uh, one of her relatives had that had cancer and something like that and she literally said to me you know christian like don't show pity towards me because the way i see it is every day that i have with this relative or just every day that i have in general is a gift. It's like, I, if I wake up, it's like, it's, it's a gift. And what do you do with a gift? Think about it. The last time you open a gift, what do you do with it? You enjoy the crap out of it. You're like, oh my God, that's my gift. I've been waiting for it all along. So imagine if we, each one of us at one point becomes able to appreciate each day as literally a gift. Like, I think it would unlock like so many so many questions in your head or so many thoughts in your head. And 
I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it would just maximize like our our very like existence, you know, like our very, you know, why we're here. Um, I won't go into this mental well-being thing and this spirituality because <laughs> this is we're driving off the 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 scope of this episode. But these are great thoughts, and uh, hey, who knows? That may be another episode. Maybe. <laughs> The last point, I want to close uh, this episode, which I've actually enjoyed so far, Anu. I've really much enjoyed it. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on education? What is the meaning of education for you? What does it mean to learn? What place does it have in the world? So for me, what it means to learn and education, it's just kind of... Something I guess that my grandpa has said to me is that okay. it doesn't really depend on what grade you get or um, what the what your job title is or what kind of um, area of the industry you're working at, yep. but it's just about doing your best. So mm -hmm. whatever your best is, do that and don't compare it to anyone else's best because they are doing what they can do and all you can do is basically just make yourself better. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I've been doing. And that's what I think education is for me. So regardless if I get a, a or a B plus, like if that's the best and if I put the most effort into it, I will be proud of it. Um, and yeah, I think it's just about laying the foundation. So having mm -hmm. a strong foundation of education or just understanding what you're interested in I think that's what it means just go through the education system and understand what you really like to do and yeah. do that for the rest of your um, life in terms of career. So yeah, I, I think learning is just something where you're open-minded and you approach anything with a why or you have that learning mindset and you're curious and learning can happen again at any point in time uh, with anyone. I learned from a nine-year-old kid, right? So just, yeah, learning is everywhere at home at work at school and definitely just be open to it that's all it's a mindset right it's yep. and, and mindset is is timeless it's exactly yeah you you mentioned a thing that i i still struggle with personally which is to be great uh not great oriented and be learning oriented um and actually the covid pandemic has been playing a huge role in making me more learning oriented because now you can't rely on your teammates that much, right? Because they might be busy, they might be offline. So then you're like, oh, okay. I have to do this lab on my own <laughs> or uh, this, uh, this homework, this case study, right? Um, it, it's been huge for me because when I was in an in-person context, if let's say I was missing what the teacher was saying, um, I would hit up my my colleague next to me, like, hey, psst, what, did, what, what, what did he say? What did he say? Like, I didn't really get like uh, the last point he made. I think it was important for the exam. I, I can't do that anymore. I, I mean, I can hit up people in the chat, but it'll annoy them. It's, it's not fluid, right? Yeah. Like, because he would need to like provide a screenshot or whatever notes he took. And it's, it's so, it, it really, in my case, it forces me to be more like individual oriented. Like, okay, what do I want out of this course? Um, what am I doing good? What am I doing well in this course? Um, am I slacking? Am I, you know, I'm able to be more like self-centered than focusing on like what the others are doing. Like, oh, this guy 
is has already done his lab. Oh wow, I must be slacking. You know, I don't have this these questions running in my head right now. The only questions I have running in my head right now, or at least most of them, is you know, oh, okay, um, do I really understand you know what this homework was about? Do I really understand the solution? Like, you know, I started asking questions that pertain to my interest in the course, and it's it's a hidden blessing in in a way uh i'm not sure if you can relate to it uh but um yeah it's been great yeah. in terms of learning yeah i mean covid had definitely changed um how learning is mm-hmm. but um i can say i definitely missed like having someone beside me and uh, asking them um so i can relate to what you're saying is uh, but i do think like while you're in school you kind of automatically start thinking of having a good grade so that's kind of just instilled in us but yeah. um i think the main thing to know after that is that it's okay like you know at the end of the day it's fine it's um it is mm-hmm. what it is and just kind of do your best that's the main part of it doesn't matter if your best is an a or a plus um don't settle for an a if you know that your best is a plus and don't be sad about a b plus if that is what your best is yeah and I, honestly, I, I admire, you know, what you're saying right now, because there were some courses where I was forcing myself to think that like, no, like this is attainable for me. This guy has done it. This guy gets the course. I can get that A. I like, like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, at the end of the day, I noticed that the course did not click with me. The course material did not, like, it didn't stick. There are some courses that stick to you for some reason. And then there are some courses that are just like, nope, so this, you actually forgot this small detail. Nope, you actually forgot this other small detail. And you're like, oh my God, it's overwhelming. Uh, you know, uh, like there's some courses you can, you, you try your best and you only figure out a certain amount. And yeah, ultimately you have to look at your transcript and be like, well, this is the best I could do and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, did you have some courses like that? Uh, you you were you had expectations going into, it and then you you found that like you didn't perform as you expected, and then you had to be at peace. Yeah. So um, I think I think I was mentioning earlier that with my program, I in first and second year there is um, a whole bunch of courses you take. So it's not just accounting; it's like marketing, finance, operations, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and marketing was just a course that I guess I couldn't grasp as easily. Um, For some people, it's just, it's just very like, you know, people are really good in marketing sometimes and sometimes people are not that great. So I was one of those people that was not that great. Um, But I I mean, I took that as a challenge and I come and here I am right now, you know, I'm kind of marketing myself. I'm kind of building my own personal brand. So where I was in first year versus Mm -hmm. now, like I didn't just give up at that point. I just kept going and, as I said earlier, grades are not the end all be all. So it doesn't matter what I got in that course. Like I still learned a lot from it and I'm kind of applying those concepts today even, right? That's what matters. I, I truly believe that because I think you can have bad grades because of multiple factors. You can have bad grades because of maybe it was a team project and you couldn't control someone's ability or focus mm-hmm. on a certain task. Uh, I know that accounting, I, miss, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it is team-based, right? Like you work yeah. in, yeah. So it's, it's tough to blame yourself for team-based, 
you know, work. It's, it's like, you know, you, you can control your certain amount and yeah, in your case, it's, it's, it's actually the best idea to just focus on what you learn and then apply it because that completes the learning cycle. It's like, exactly. hey, you can learn, you learn something, right? Like, let's say I learn about transistors or whatever electrical components, okay, I'm, I'm learning right now. I want to be in a position where I'm like, okay, well, this is so cool. Like, I, I want to build something to help people. I don't know, like, yeah. And, and I think when you, when you apply and you regurgitate uh, that content into something useful or that means something to you, that's where you win and you, you can feel proud of yourself. You can feel fulfilled. Exactly. That- 100% agree. Yeah. You have any last comments before I close out the episode? Any thoughts? Anything that the audience may want to, to hear? <clears throat> well, yeah, just thank you for having me here on Dynatalks. It feels great. Um, I'm just happy that from, you know, starting off on posting on LinkedIn, I've kind of made my way here. And for all the listeners, um, if you're interested in students promoting students, feel free to reach out to me through LinkedIn. Um, And, you know, I'd be happy to kind of connect with you and see where we can go with helping you out and helping myself out in the process. Because, you know, as I just mentioned, I'm also still building my personal brand. I'm still marketing Mm -hmm. myself. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, Christian. It's a pleasure. And I want to add something on top of your uh, little message. I mean, if you don't promote yourself, who will? Right? Very true. <laughs> you got you to believe in yourself before other believe, others believe in you. Um, yeah. That was a great point. Thank you so much, Anu. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Dynatalks. I hope that you enjoyed the value that Anu and I brought in this podcast episode. Please do not hesitate to share this episode on the platforms that you are in. So whether you are on LinkedIn, on WhatsApp, on Instagram, on Snapchat, I could name a million other platforms. Just share because you may never know on to whom it may fall. And on that note, I want to wish everyone a safe and peaceful week. Stay safe, stay tuned, and stay well. Cheers.